Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hello and welcome to Calgary's podcast with Mario Tonaguzzi on Canada's podcast network. Joining me today is Mark Kondrat, who is CEO of Alberta Beer Festivals and a few other things. Uh, and we'll get to talk about those later. Uh, so thanks for joining us today, Mark. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's fun to, to share my story. All right. Well, let's talk about Alberta Beer Festivals. Can you uh, maybe describe for me a little bit about what uh, what it is and what you guys do? Uh, well, currently it's uh, something that is uh, deemed illegal. So, uh, but in, <laughs> it, usually what it is is uh, so we've been doing um, our festival since two thousand and five. Uh, me and my business partner Bill Robinson have been working together probably since two thousand and two. But um, Alberta Beer Festivals is just a way for us to kind of share the stories of, you know, local breweries, distilleries, restaurants, um, and also, you know, people that come into the province. So, uh, like, Alberta is one of the most probably welcoming places in, in the world in terms of welcoming um, other breweries and distilleries in to showcase their products. So, um, yeah, we have we have six festivals that we do across Alberta. Um, and we try to make them all unique so that they're featuring different things. But uh, ultimately, yeah, we want to create a, an environment where, where people can share their story, um, whether, like I said, they're restaurants, breweries, distilleries, and uh, connect directly with consumers. So uh, we're hopeful and we're working hard to make sure that we're able to do that again soon. Yeah, unfortunately, we... Can't do that these days, can yeah. we? <laughs> so tell me, uh, you know, when you look at uh, the landscape in Alberta, you know, we've got an explosion, right, uh, mm -hmm. in the last few years of of breweries, of distilleries, et cetera. What are your thoughts on, on why we're seeing that in the market? Well, a lot of it has to do with just government policy. So they um, they made the minimums significantly lower like the the ability to to um you know create a brewery five years ago or ten years ago you know you had to have like some really deep pockets so uh, they made it impossible for a lot of people to do it so once they kind of eliminated those minimums um, it made it viable for for people to to experiment and to try um, and so yeah that's what you saw. Um, I, I don't know exactly when it was, I think it was around 2013 or something like that, but, um, anyway, and then you've just saw that, you know, really Alberta has a great entrepreneurial spirit. So once you give people an opportunity to do things, the, uh, the, the entrepreneurial spirit of us kind of kicks in and, uh, and then you see the explosion, right? So, uh, as soon as the opportunity was there, people started taking advantage of it and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And you see, uh, uh you know, uh, the types of people who are starting this are like all over the place, right? And uh, yeah. including people, A, that may have been laid off from from, uh, from jobs, say, in the oil patch, or yeah. or people who are just tired of, uh, I guess, of uh, working for the man, sort of thing, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so um, do you think there's an, uh, an oversaturation of them right now or uh, or – or not? Um, I don't. I don't believe so. I mean, and I ask that question of them a lot myself. And yeah. um, you know, it's, it's like restaurants. You, you know, sadly, you see restaurants close, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there's too many restaurants. It's just sometimes certain models don't work in certain situations. Yeah. Uh, but the concept 
is still viable. Um, I think talking with a lot of breweries these days is what they're what they have to be more careful of is what their model is. And so what you saw years ago was these big breweries popping up um, that had you know a lot of distribution, um, and so you know they were they were built to you know um, supply a lot of liquor stores with a lot of beer. Um, so that part of it, I think, is more challenging now than it would have been five years ago to be a player in that kind of area yeah. of the of the community. Um, and where you see a lot of opportunity, I think, still is in smaller areas, so smaller towns, uh, specific neighborhoods. So you're 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 first and foremost you're you're really uh, serving a, a specific group, um, and I think those. What I'm seeing is is those guys are being very successful, and and once you have kind of your defined neighborhood that you're supporting, um, you can grow slowly from there. But uh, so I don't think that we've hit saturation per se, but I think people need to be very careful and thoughtful of what their model is going to look like before they start a brewery. So I'm curious, uh, how did you get involved in this line of work? Um, so I've always like, even when I was, I went to, I graduated from university of Alberta and, uh, while I was going to school, I was, I mean, like most university students, uh, a, a lover of beer. And, uh, I, w- I was lucky enough to work for Molson, um, while I was going to Edmonton and that was back when they still had the brewery there. So it was just a really cool experience. Uh, and so I fell in love with the industry and the people that were a part of the industry. Um, but I was always also an entrepreneur and I knew that I would have to um, do something on my own. And so this was kind of my my way of being able to, to kind of scratch both of those itches, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so when I left, uh, when I came back to Calgary, um, I connected with a, a friend of mine and we uh, we started doing festivals and um, and we eventually landed on doing a beer festival. One of our friends, Vern Raincock, uh, that we're so close with, he had an agency and he said, hey, you guys, um, there's no beer festivals in town. Why don't you guys uh, do a beer festival? And we thought, yeah, that sounds like a fun idea. Um, so we did it. Um, and the industry really embraced us and uh, did a lot to help us. Back then, it was mostly agencies. And so it was people bringing yeah. beer into, into Alberta. Um, and that's why we called the first one the Calgary International Beer Festivals, because that's what was really that's what was sexy back then was all these international beers coming in. Um, and so it's been really cool to be a part of because we've seen the, the industry evolve uh, into what it is now, which is instead of having all of these uh, beers coming in from other countries and provinces and states, um, most of what we get is local. And so it's really cool to be able to share these guys' stories uh, from a local perspective. So I'm curious, what were you taking at U of A? Uh, business. Yeah, oh. so I took I took commerce. And uh, yeah, I, I went to U of C first. And then uh, I, I took my last couple of years at U of A. And uh, because I had no friends, I just became like a real nerd in the business faculty. So I was like the president of the market association and stuff like that. So um, it allowed me to kind of experiment with some projects and kind of, you know, do some entrepreneurial things um, well at school. So yeah, it all kind of, you know, when I look back at it, it kind of, uh, it, I was doing in university what I ended up doing essentially uh, as an entrepreneur. So I've been very lucky with that. Okay, super. Now you mentioned uh, a lot about being an entrepreneur. One of the other things, or one of the other gigs, I guess you have is is pinch. Uh, sorry, pitched 
tent coffee. Like what's yeah. what that? And uh, uh, what do you do there? Well, so what, oh, what, one of the things that I thought about, I've always loved coffee. You can probably tell that I'm jacked up on caffeine as you speak <laughs> so here. Am I. Yeah. But um, yeah. So one of the things over uh, COVID lockdown, I'm married. I got two kids. And uh, my wife works from home and she, she was already working from home before, um, before lockdown, before the first one. And uh, so I'm trying to figure out, okay, what's going on? As, as I said, my company was kind of at a standstill and, um, you know, we've always enjoyed drinking good coffee. And I thought, I wonder how shitty things would have to get before our coffee budget became a topic of conversation, uh, you know, cause she likes good coffee and I like good coffee. And um, so it's one of those things where I understand and I have a lot of respect for the brewing of beer and the process and, and how hard it is for them to for these guys and girls to do it. Um, and so, and I've, I've never wanted to brew my own beer. I've always I've always just admired from afar and uh, I'll enjoy yeah. the fruits of their labor from the coffee perspective. I thought for some reason I was just more interested in, in the process in terms of like actually getting my hands dirty and getting in there and, and doing it. So um, it's just started out as like a, as a, as an interest, as a hobby. Uh, but I got to learn, you know, where, you know, I got to start sourcing the beans. Uh, so I have a, I have a guy locally that I use and uh, he's from Columbia. So I always feel like I'm doing like some sort of drug deal when I go to grab my coffee beans. Um, a good friend of mine roasts coffee. He's got his own coffee company. Um, so he's been really nice enough to to help me uh, in terms of learning how to roast and package and, and all that stuff. So um, it's been a lot of fun. And it also allows me to kind of like be creative in a way that's not uh, like with my other companies, I have partners and stuff like that. So with this one, I can just kind of be creatively a little bit more of a goofball and kind of uh, use that part of my brain, I guess. So it's been a lot of fun. Okay, you mentioned other companies. Yeah. Uh, what else do you have on the go? Um, well, so most of it is sort of beer-related and, and beer-based. So um, what we've done is that we've actually consolidated all of our companies. If people go to letsmeetforabeer.com, um, you'll kind of see everything. So Alberta Beer Fest is by far our biggest. Um, you know, it's 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 our it's been around forever. Um, and uh, it's what we love. It's what our passion is. Um, and then from that, we have a few projects that we've been working on. So one is uh, Hoppy Pass, which is essentially a scheduling platform that allows people to book tastings, um, uh-huh. you know, for small groups. Uh, and what we want to do with that when things open up is we basically want to take the tools that we've developed through Alberta Beer Festivals and kind of help um, use those tools work with breweries to, to kind of use those tools to drive traffic uh, mm. to their breweries and, and I should say distillers as well. So, um, cause one of the things that we've learned over time is how do we attract, you know, thousands of people to our festivals. And so we can use those same ideas to attract people to these breweries and stuff like that and, and to help share stories. So that was the idea with Hoppy Pass. Um, and then we do beer fest in a box, which is um, essentially what we've done is, uh, we have an eight pack. So every quarter we we introduce a new beer fest in a box and it's just local breweries. So we'll, we'll showcase eight local breweries from across Alberta. Um, and it's just a, a good opportunity for us to continue to share their story uh, without being able to do festivals. Um, and we get so much awesome feedback from that because a lot of these breweries 
you know, because they're available across Alberta, a lot of people haven't heard of these breweries. So it's a really good way to uh, introduce people to these breweries. Yeah. So where does all this entrepreneurial uh, spirit uh, from your part uh, begin? How did you uh, get into all this and why? Uh, uh, where did it begin? I don't know. Where, I, um, I don't know. Like my dad was always an entrepreneur from what I understand. Uh, from I mean, he's still very much with us, so uh, he's just lazier these days. Um, but uh, but he was always he was always very entrepreneurial, and and he was very you know he saw opportunities that weren't necessarily in his kind of lane, and he would he would go and and do them. So um, I was always exposed to that, um, and I was never discouraged from from doing it. Like they said, even in, in university, I, I had a good job lined up. I, I could have worked for Molson and, uh, and I said, I just want to do my own thing. And, and my dad was always very supportive. He's just like, I don't care. You're the one that's got to pay your rent, not me. So, yeah. um, and then luckily if you start being an entrepreneur at a young enough age, you know, you're not really getting paid that much from companies. So you can kind of scrape by and you're also just used to living like a student. So, you know, when you're young, it's it's the best time to be an entrepreneur because you're used to eating craft dinner three <laughs> times a day and you know sleeping on a buddy's couch. So um, and it's always just been and and to be honest with you, especially in Calgary, I know Edmonton's the same. Um, I've just been lucky enough to be surrounded by people who, if I've had an idea, uh, that have supported us and uh, you know yeah. like good friends of the industry that are like, hey, we want to do this, and they're like, sweet, let's do it. So. Um, the environment has just been very supportive of me. And uh, so, yeah, continue to do it. Okay. You're also into podcasting, I see. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually have two podcasts. So one is Let's Meet for a Beer. Um, and then the other is the Conjurat podcast. So with Let's Meet for a Beer, I've kind of turned that into something where I just share people's stories from from the industry. Um yeah. Because I just, I think so many of their stories are so awesome. And um, if I can be a, a platform to help share those stories, um, I, I love to do it. Really, what we try to do is look at everything we do as a platform for, for people in the beer community to, sh- uh, to share their stories. Um, and so whether it's, like I said, through the festivals, through Hoppy Pass, through the podcast, through Beer Fest in a Box, it's just a way for us to share those stories. Um and so that's been awesome. And then the contract podcast is something I do on my own um, to share stories of entrepreneurs that aren't necessarily in the in the beer industry. But there's just so many cool stories, inspiring stories out there. People that are that are doing things, and and um, and people need to hear those stories. Um, I always think you know business people and entrepreneurs on some level are very misunderstood. In that, you know, people think if someone has a business, though, they must be a millionaire. They don't see the struggles that are behind the the scenes and the and the risks that they're taking. And so, um, you know, I, I want to be able to share those stories with people. So, in those uh, sharing of those stories, uh, and for the successful entrepreneurs, uh, have you noticed any common threads of, you know, uh, sort of the secret ingredients, uh, secret sauce of uh, making a successful entrepreneur? I think, well, I would say one is you you have to um, you have to just keep going every single day. It's it, you know because especially like right now we live in a world where it's just 
you know, because I think the world, the word entrepreneur gets thrown around. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, it's because you can call yourself an entrepreneur and, and then you're an entrepreneur magically. Right. But, but the, the people that, that are true entrepreneurs, in my opinion, like it's a lifelong endeavor. It's not a, I'll be an entrepreneur for a year and then I'll go work for a company. So it's, it's baked into their DNA, a true entrepreneur. And so you have to, your time horizon for success might be 20 years. And so you have to, yeah. you might be failing right now, but you need to, you need to somehow um, summon up the energy to keep going, knowing that your success might be a year from now, two years from now, uh, five years from now. So I think that, and I don't know what that is, but I, I talk to entrepreneurs all the time and they just always are like, okay, they're figuring out what their next step is, even in today's environment, it's yeah. so uncertain. And then I would say the other thing is the successful entrepreneurs that I've been lucky enough to be with help each other. They don't put, they don't put walls up. They don't see their success. They don't see that if someone succeeds, it's at their expense. Like if my friend succeeds yeah. in business, I'm truly happy for him. And I know that the friends that I built are truly happy to see my success. And we need to, we need to build each other up. Um, mm-hmm. And if you, if you, in my opinion, anyway, if you're not like that, you're seeing things on too small of a scale. So yeah. do everything you can to build up the people around you. You know what I found, um, and I have a, a, a big sports background. Right? Um, years ago, I was a sports reporter at the Calgary Herald, right? So, so I, I, and I still have that connection with the sports community. But I found is a lot of these athletes have become very successful entrepreneurs. And I mm-hmm. think uh, being an athlete teaches you a, a number of things, you know, like everything about discipline and, and perseverance. But more importantly, how to uh how to uh get up when you fall right uh mm-hmm. and how uh and how to accept failure and move on and uh, uh i think that's part of uh the road to entrepreneurship because if you can't accept failure like you're in the wrong business because you're going to fail at times right yeah you're going to fail and you're going to yeah and and it's a, it's a bumpy road man you're going to because it sounds like a good idea at the time, and then you have to go through it to realize, you know, um, oops, that was a terrible idea. But um, but it's all part of the journey, and um, and you're also going to have cycles where people don't necessarily um, believe in you, and so you have to believe in yourself to keep sure. going. And and one thing that I, I did realize along the way is what I I felt like for myself when I first started out, my motivation was to prove people wrong people would say, oh, you couldn't do that. You, you can't yeah. do that, whatever. Um, and then somewhere along the way, your motivation actually has to, or for me anyway, it had to kind of change, which is being an entrepreneur motivated by the chip on my shoulder, it was no longer what was going to drive my success. It would have to be, to the energy had to go into helping other people, right? So at a certain point along the way, if you've been in the, in the game long enough, People, I think, stop looking at you like, oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. And so you have to find a new motivation, which is helping people. And once you're motivated by helping people, it's like, uh, I mean, then things are, are easy, right? Because uh, every day there's someone you can, you know, share their story or, or whatever. So, yeah. Now, pardon the pun, but uh, is there any other uh, ideas, entrepreneurial ideas percolating, get it? Percolating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <In your mind? laughs> 
Um, yeah, there, there, yeah, there's always ideas. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, eventually I, like, you gotta just shut, you gotta shut that off and focus on, on what you're doing. Um, so, huh. What I'm really focused on right now is more evolving what what we're doing. Um, and so not necessarily creating new concepts, but just saying, okay, you know, how can we make our festivals better? Um, you know, because what we want to do, this is a really unique opportunity for us. You don't often get um, your business shut down for a year and a half or two years. Right. Um, so on some level, it sucks. On the, on another level, it's like, okay, well, when we come back, we can reimagine what we do and we can, we can talk to everybody who, who is involved in our festivals and see how we can make it better for them. And so hopefully what you'll see when Alberta Beer Festivals comes back is, is kind of an evolution of what, what we've wanted to do. Cause we've had time to, to sort of sit back and, and look at it and, um, and make things better. Um, and then the other thing is you, you get to ask yourself why about everything. Okay, why are we doing that? Why are we doing that? And we've always been okay with, um, you know, we've never been the type of people that are like, oh, that's perfect. Don't ask questions with that. Like we we rip ourselves apart and re try to reorganize things all the time um, because we want our shows to be better all the time. We don't want them to be stale and stagnant. So yeah. Yeah. this has kind of been a, a great opportunity to do that. Uh, despite it's been a shitty year too. So you got to take the good and the bad, right? You bet. All right. Super. Well, thanks very much, uh, Mark, for joining us today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And um, um, like I said, if I, I, I know you told me that it was video, but I feel like if I would have remembered that I might've shaved off my, my grade nine facial hair, but uh, maybe next time. (laughs) Okay. Thanks a lot, Mark. All right. That was Mark Conrad, who is CEO of Alberta Beer Festivals and a serial entrepreneur with uh, ideas such as pitch tent coffee and and other things. Uh, This has been Calgary's podcast with Mario Taniguzzi on Canada's Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us today.